what I, what I don't have to tell you, what a blessing it is to have a vibrant children's ministry and to have a, a such a godly and capable children's minister. Has Rebecca already shepherded the kids out? Is she still in here somewhere? Well, either way, let's show, oh, okay, okay. Oh, let's show some love and appreciation and her team of volunteers. Man, that is such a blessing. I'm so glad. Kids, you did a great job. And parents, you did a great job getting them here on time. 8 a.m. service. It was an early morning around uh, some of those houses. And they did a great job blessing the folks in the 8 a.m. service as well. So now comes time for the sermon. And a shepherd's job is to feed the flock of God. But on the flock of God, there's a kid's menu. And so today's message has a particular audience in mind. Today's message is geared for really geared for folks 12 and under. And there's two kinds of adults that hear that. Uh, there's a minority, very small minority of adults that's like, oh, oh 12 and under. And then everybody else is like, sweet, here's one I can understand. Like, let's go, finally. Uh, so here you go. I wanna talk about, kids, I wanna talk about role models. Role models. These are people we look up to. They're not perfect, but they give us a good example on how we're supposed to live. So I thought, kids, if you'll help me, I want you, I'll, I'll put up some pictures of some various people and you tell me if they are a good role model, yell out good and hold up thumbs up. Got it? Parents, you play along too. It'll be more fun. Or if they're a bad role model, say, oh, bad, hold up a thumbs down, okay? These are, these, are, these are folks, and you know some of them provide a good example for us on how to live, others of us not so good, and so we need to know what a good role model is. And I thought we'd start with some easy ones. Let's start with this first one. This is Lottie Moon, a Southern Baptist missionary in the 1800s who gave her life to share the gospel. What do you guys think? Good role model. Let me hear you. Yeah, you're making me nervous. Yeah, good. All right, good role model. Let's do another easy one. Uh, Baptist preacher, civil rights leader, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend King. Good or bad? Good. Easy one. Yeah, fighting for civil rights. All right, who we got next? Anna from, oh, come on, saves Avondale, helps her sister. I'm going good. Yeah, absolutely. Who we got? Who we got next? Huh. Ursa, I agree, right? What she did to Ariel, King Triton, unforgivable. That is a bad role model, kids. Don't be a sea witch who tries to overthrow the sea world. Don't do it. It's a bad, bad role model. All right, who else we got? That's what I thought. Every parent in here is like, huh, I've never seen this person in my life. Kids on the count of three, yell out who that is. One, two, three. Y'all, that's Mr. Beast. You don't know Mr. Beast, but your kids know Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast has a job. This is his profession. His occupation is called YouTuber. That's right, a YouTuber, yeah. So that's a thing, okay? And apparently he makes these YouTube videos where he's this philanthropist, he gives away. I watched one where a guy shows up with a pizza and the guy's tip for bringing the pizza was the keys to the house. Here, I thought I'd give you a house as your tip. Yeah, it's crazy, I know. His millions of followers. He gives away all this money to charity. What do you guys think? Mr. Beast, good role model, bad role model? Good, okay, all right, okay, okay. You're ambivalent, I like that. Thoughtful, discernment. Okay, we'll talk about Corinthians. I say good, all right, yeah. Uh, who, <laughs> I mean, a good role model he is. Yeah, all right, good. Who else we got? We got one more? Hey, 
good roll model. Good roll. All right. Is that, do we have, do we have one more? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take that one down. Yeah. Ask your parents later. If you missed it. Yeah. I'm gonna get some emails about that. That was funny preacher till you brought up religion. Not funny anymore. You might be surprised. Did you know when Jesus was here on earth, he actually gave us a role model? Did you know that? Jesus wants us to know how to live, not just as citizens of America, how do you live in the kingdom of God? Now, the kingdom of God is everywhere where God is recognized as king. God's obviously the king over everything. But wherever, so in the heart of every Christian, in the church, it, one day in heaven. So what is it like in the kingdom of God? How do we be good citizens in the kingdom of God? What is our role model for the kingdom of God? You might say, well, Jesus is a role model. Yeah, but he's the king. What about, what is an example of a role model? And Jesus says, you know what? I need an example of who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I think you'll be surprised. I think you'll be surprised. It, we're going to be in Luke chapter 8, well, really 19, but, but this first is from Luke 18, where Jesus shows us a role. So if you want to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 18, and we may jump around a bit, but we'll hang out in Luke 18 and, and the majority of our time in Luke 19. Jesus says the most surprising role model, and, and, and he's talking to his disciples, and he says, you want, to know what it's, you want to know how to really do it right in the kingdom of God? Look at Luke 18, verse 15. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. But Jesus called to him and said, Jesus called them to him. He said, no, 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 let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. There's another place in Matthew 18 where Jesus says something even more staggering. He says, you want to know who a role model in the kingdom of God is? Whoever humbles himself, and he calls a little child. He goes, there it is. That's it. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Apparently, Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you got to be like a child. Be like a child. Being like a child is our role model, even as grown-ups. Can you imagine? It's our role model for how to be great in God's kingdom. Now, what on earth does that mean? We're supposed to be like a child? Be like a child? Does that mean we're supposed to lose our shoes all the time? We're supposed to, you know, ch- children leave smelly socks on the floor. Does Jesus mean to be a good Christian? we got to leave smelly socks on the floor? Is that what he means? Uh, my kids, they love to eat candy all the time. Are we just supposed to eat candy all the time? Is that what it means to be a good Christian? What do you think he means? I think, I think he means this one thing about children, and it's right there. Whoever humbles himself. You know what kids are great at? Trust. They're great at humility, just being so trusting and dependent. And they're not, they're not so pretentious and high and mighty. They're just, they, they try. In fact, kids are experts at receiving grace. You kids, you are so good at trusting You are so good at being trustworthy that one of the first lessons we have to teach you is to not be so trusting, right? Because you're so trusting. You're like, what, mom? What's the problem? That creepy dude in the panel van, he's got candy. So it's obviously all good, right? Right? We have to teach you. Whoa, why? Because you're so trusting. Jesus is saying that's actually what it's all about. Kids aren't experts at being morally obedient. No offense, kids. 
They're not experts at following the law perfectly. No offense. We don't always follow the law perfectly. But kids are experts at trusting and, and receiving grace. They receive grace. They just, grace is unattainable, unearnable favor. Unearnable favor. It's just a good thing for nothing you did. You don't deserve it. You just get grace. Have you ever met a kid? Go home and try this experiment. Have you ever met a kid who says, okay, um, kids, uh, I have for you a popsicle. Have you ever met a kid that's like, mom, I'm just not worthy. Just not worthy to receive that popsicle today. But I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna do penance, I'm gonna work hard, and then I'll come back. And if that popsicle offer is still on the table, then and only then I will have earned it. No, kids are like, if you are shameless enough to be offering me sugar, I don't care if it's a trap. I'm taking this popsicle, right? Experts at receiving grace. So here's what Jesus does. In Luke 18 and 19, he's about to go to Jerusalem. And before he does, he meets people. And it's so incredible. You see all these little episodes, these little vignettes of people, these little YouTube clips of people that Jesus is meeting. And some of them receive Jesus like a little child and they get it. Others of them refuse to receive like a little child and they miss out. So, 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 so you'll see like this Pharisee and he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it at all. He's, you know, big religious church preacher type. He misses it. And then you see a rich young ruler, very dignified and very wealthy. He doesn't get it. But then you see this blind guy who won't quit yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shh. They're all like, shh. Jesus, shh. Jesus, shh. They have to keep, right? Jesus finally is like, oh, it's all right, it's all right. What do you want? And he heals him. And then he tells this story about this widow in Luke, 18, uh, Luke 17 who keeps wearing this judge out, pestering over and over. Give me justice. What about now? What about now? What about now? And the judge is finally like, you are going to wear me out. Fine. Here's what you want. You're going to ask me till I'm going to die. You're going to wear me out. Let me ask you, who does that? Who shouts out things that are embarrassing that must be shushed all the time? And who asks you all the time until they wear you out? Who, who does that sound like? Kids are literally like, it's me. It's me. The sermon's about. And you know what? Those are the people who get it. Those are the people who get the kingdom of God. The people who are not so high and mighty, but the people who are humble and trusting. And then, and then he comes to this last moment. It's gonna be our, it's gonna be our text for today. And I know you got, with attention spans, kids, actually adults, uh, you gotta move quick. So here we go. We'll show you this passage. We'll be done. It's the last personal encounter Jesus has before he goes to Jerusalem. It's the last one. And it is a story so famous about someone who was willing to become like a little child and he received the kingdom of God. He received Jesus, okay? And it was so, it's the last one. It's the last personal encounter. And it is so famous. It is so famous. It's fewer than 10 verses. And it is so famous that there's a song about him. There are more verses in the Bible about Barabbas than about this guy. And there's no Barabbas songs. Paul wrote half the New Testament. He didn't get a song. And yet, and yet, you know this song. I'll get you started. Zacchaeus was a Oh, so you know this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some of you didn't grow up in church, you're like, what? Yeah. yeah. So there's this children's song, right? It's a children's story, but I assure you it's for adults. Let's look at it. I'll give you three points. We'll be done. Luke 19, chapter one. Turn to Luke 19, chapter one, the verse uh, Luke chapter 19, verse one, I mean to say. Luke 19, verse one, and it's up here on the screens. You ready? I'm going to give you three points. Here's what you got to do. If you want to receive the grace of Jesus, if you want to receive the kingdom, you must, number one, climb a tree. Number two, get over the crowd. And number three, take Jesus home. 
Note takers, those are your points. Climb a tree, get over the crowd, take Jesus home. You ready? The first thing you need to do, everybody, everybody, not just children, everybody, the first thing you need to do to receive the kingdom of God, climb a tree. What do I mean? Verse one says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. You ever heard the expression, somebody was filthy rich? Well, that describes Zacchaeus to a T. He was rich, but he was actually a criminal. He was not just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. The tax collectors would go to Rome and bid for the right to collect taxes on a particular city. And Jericho was a money maker. And he got the rights to do that. Anything they collected in fees, surcharges, uh, uh, administrative fees, extra fees, fees because we can invent fees, fees because we're criminal fees, right? They could invent all this extra stuff and pad their profits. Not only was he a tax collector, and of course, and I mean, on top of that, he's a, he's a Jewish guy and he sold out to Rome. Ugh. You know, on top of all that, it wasn't just the tax collector. Look, he's the chief tax collector. So this is like the mafia. This is like a pyramid scheme and Zacchaeus is at the top and he's got all these kickbacks coming from all his henchmen that he's hired to go out and and collect the taxes and it all flows up to Zacchaeus. As if all that's not enough. I mean, the worst, you know what his name means in Hebrew? Zacchaeus, His, his parents named him. You know his parents' dreams for this kid? His name in Hebrew literally means righteous one. Pure, the pure and righteous one. This would be like getting mugged by a guy named Nicely. This is like getting hit by a car only to find out later it was a Dodge. Like you see the irony, right? So here you're getting robbed blind by, so every time Mr. Pure and Righteous one, oh, Mr. Pure and Righteous, are you kidding me? And yet he hears that Jesus is coming by, verse three. Old righteous one had heard the buzz about Jesus. Verse three, he was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd since he was a short man. Now, we don't know if he was just curious. Maybe, maybe Zacchaeus had heard the buzz about Jesus. Maybe he had heard that Jesus is a friend of tax collectors. Maybe he knew Matthew. You know, Matthew, a.k.a. Levi, he was a tax collector and became a follower of Jesus. We don't know, but it's very possible since these are higher ups in the echelon of tax collecting, Matthew may have known Zacchaeus. He may have they probably did tax collector conventions together in Boca. He, they were like LinkedIn friends for sure. They knew each other professionally. And now this Levi's following this homeless rabbi Jesus. So he's curious or most likely he was probably just lost and lonely. It's a lonely feeling when your only friends are the people who work for you. They're only friends because they have to be, you know. It's a lonely feeling. And I think Zacchaeus, at some point, he can trace the day. He, he, his parents wanted him to be righteous one. And he grew up. And he could probably go back to that moment where he sold out. The money was just too good. And he gave up on the things of God. And he gave up. And, and he'd give anything if he could go back. And when he, sleep, when he puts his head on his pillow, he has no peace. He would give anything to go back to that day and to get a second chance and to do it. But now he's too far in. So the only thing usually you do in that situation is you just try to make even more and more money. Since I got the guilty conscience, may as well get the, the money too. And now it's piling on all this. But it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel his heart because it never will. And so he's lost and lonely, but he hears about Jesus and maybe Jesus can give him hope. He doesn't deserve it. He knows he doesn't deserve it, but he's got to see him. The problem is he can't see over the crowd. So running ahead, 
He climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. The Jesus parade is coming. The, 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 the runners had gone on ahead and they're like, he's coming, he's coming. <clears throat> the key words here are running and climbing trees. Now, let me ask you, who does this? Who runs and climbs trees? Yeah, you do, kids, yeah. Now, that's right. This would have been, now remember, uh, this is somewhat undignified today. Can you imagine your parents, kids, can you imagine your parents come home with all their church clothes and the first thing they do is shimmy up a tree? Be pretty funny, right? Well, 2,000 years ago, in an honor-shame-based culture, this would have been very undignified, right? No good professional is climbing up a tree, and yet there goes, there goes Zacchaeus. Can you imagine uh, 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 if a parade, say the county fair parade is passing by First Baptist Church on 31, and some of these, you know, older gentlemen in our church, very buttoned up, suit and tie, and they can't see the clowns. And so they shimmy up a tree, right? It's funny to even think about, right? It's undignified. Let me ask you this. What if Zacchaeus had let his pride get in the way? What if Zacchaeus had worried about what will other people think? Listen to me. He would have missed Jesus if he wasn't willing to humble himself and climb a tree. That's the first point. That's what I mean by climb a tree. Some of you, the the worst thing in the world would be your pride will keep you from Jesus. Why? Because you're not willing to humble yourself. You're not willing to become like a little child. You've got to drop your pride and climb a tree. Now, One thing I know about kids, you kids are very literal. So when I say you can't receive the grace of Jesus unless you climb a tree, some of you think I literally mean you have to climb a tree. That's not what I mean. It's a word picture. It's a metaphor to try to explain to you what I I mean by climb a tree is you've got to humble yourself. You've got to be willing to relinquish your pride. You've got to drop your pride. You've got to not be so proud. You've got to humble yourself and admit your need for Jesus. Drop your dignity, drop your pride, climb a tree. Does that make sense? That's what I mean by climb a tree. Don't let what will other people think keep you from meeting Jesus. Climb a tree. Number two, first climb a tree. Number two, you got to get over the crowd. Get over the crowd. The first obstacle to receiving, to us receiving uh, grace is our pride, but there's another, and that is this crowd. And this is a, a nasty, self-righteous crowd, no, no doubt about it. He was, verse three, if you look back, he was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. And oh, oh, the crowd, they loved it. The crowd took great pleasure in sort of, you ever uh, see a basketball rebound where they box out? You know the crowd was excited to box out Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus like, can I come over here? Nope. What about over here? Nope. Lined up there and they had, they had gotten there at 5 a.m. They had big posters. Jesus is coming. We're the people Jesus wants to see. Jesus does not want to see you, Zach. Doesn't want to see you. No way, Mr. Righteous One. <laughs> well, it's our time now. And they had posters made. We love Jesus. Yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? And the other side had posters that hollered back. Anyway, they had, right? They were all in on this prayer. They were so excited. And they, you know they loved. It would have cost you nothing. If Zacchaeus is shorter, it would have cost you nothing to be like, hey, can I see the parade? Sure, come up here. It's not, it's not gonna obstruct my view. How much you've got to detest somebody to be like, you know what? No, they were no more gonna let Zacchaeus in. They got up at 5 a.m. They followed the rules. They did it right. And now Mr. Tax Collector went, they would not let Zacchaeus cut in there anymore than you would let somebody cut in car line on a Monday morning. If you know, you know. All right. No, I've been here. I'm following the rules. That must be a dad. You know, right? Right? 
Oh, they took great pleasure. They took great pleasure in, in saying, Zacchaeus, you are not going to get in here. And so the guy climbs a tree. And, and, and to, to everyone, who, I have to speak to a specific group of people right now. There were a lot of religious people in that crowd. And they, yeah, they had done everything right. I'll just be honest. Some of you are hesitant to come to church. Some of you have been hesitant about Christianity. Maybe you're watching this online. Maybe you're watching this one day. Maybe this has been your story. Some of you are actually hesitant to come to the things of God because you have met people who call themselves Christians who are legalistic, judgmental, self-righteous. And that has kept you from coming to Jesus. I've even, I, know, I know this because people have said this. Uh, preacher, I got no problem with Jesus, but uh, you know, it's, it's Christians. That church is full of hypocrites. And he did this and she did this and I... So the people you know have hurt you, they've wounded you, they've been judgmental and moralistic and self-righteous. And let me start here. Can I tell you something? In, in some cases, uh, you're probably right. Can I tell you something else? You need to do what Zacchaeus did. You need to get over the crowd. You need to get over the crowd. Here's what I mean. You need to get to a vantage point where you can see Jesus directly face to face without getting distracted by all this crowd. You need to get over the crowd. He said, yeah, preacher, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, but he did, he did this, and she did that, and he did this. I'm like, and what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Why, but he failed me, and this person let me down. Did Jesus ever fail you? Did Jesus ever let you down? No, you need to get over the crowd. You need to get to a place. Start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Get to a place where you can see Jesus face to face. You can see Jesus directly. And you say, well, but I understand, but they did this, and they did that. These people didn't die on a cross for you. Jesus did. So get over the crowd. You just have to get over the crowd. Eventually, when you follow Jesus long enough, you start to realize, well, no wonder people, even in the church, hurt me. No wonder I get my feelings hurt. A church is a bunch of rescued sinners. So over time, you should be no more surprised that when you come to church, well, there's some real sinful people here. That should should that be shocking? That's like going to a hospital intensive care unit going, there's a lot of sick people in this place. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're so sick. We freely admit our need for Dr. Jesus. He's the only one who can heal. You've got to get to a, you've, you've got to get over the crowd. There's no other way to say it. And do whatever that, here's the great thing. If, if, if you're a Christian and they claim to be a Christian, let me tell you, you, you can go and be made right. Why? Because you have resources the world doesn't have. The only way the world can ever, the world's resources, take your ball and go home or dominate someone and have so much power over them that it doesn't matter what they do or just give up. You have resources the world doesn't have when it comes to making peace. You have the gospel. You have forgiveness. You have reconciliation. You have repentance. You have all these resources the world doesn't have so you can have peace among Christians that the world can never have. See, you gotta get over the crowd. You gotta be like Zacchaeus. If they've sinned against you, let God deal with them. But let God deal with you too and get over the crowd. So climb a tree, get over the crowd. Last one. You gotta take Jesus home. Climb a tree, get over the crowd, take Jesus home. When Jesus came to the place, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine this moment? Zacchaeus is up in the tree and he's waiting for this parade. And I don't know if you've ever seen a parade, uh, 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 but, but you know, the... Uh, uh, or a really good one, one that you were really excited about seeing. And there's a particular float or a particular person or a celebrity. 
You ever go to like a big city parade, the Macy's or something? And like, uh, 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 I remember being at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and one of the bands I love is Mercy Me. And they were in the, and I couldn't believe it. Like they, their float almost stopped right in front of us. That's all I was hoping for, that we would get like extra FaceTime. You know, I'm like, ah, it's, ah, you know, right? So imagine Zacchaeus' surprise when at his tree, when the parade stops right in front of his tree. He's like, I can't believe my good fortune. Everybody's like, got signs, they're all cheering, they're excited. Zacchaeus is up in the tree, like, I can't believe. And then, and then he sees Jesus step off the parade route. I mean, this goes beyond what you're expecting from any celebrity, right? He goes off the parade route, excuse me, excuse me. And the crowds are like, Oh, you know, I can't believe it. And they think he's going to the most righteous person in town. They think he's most going to, you know, probably the mayor or something, right? Instead, he goes right, he goes right to the place where Zacchaeus is. And Zacchaeus is now like in the tree. Jesus comes, he looked up and said to him. Now Jesus is eye level with Zacchaeus in the tree. And Zacchaeus is like, what is happening? (laughs) Can you picture this scene? Can you picture this as a movie? There's Jesus looking right at Danny DeVito. And this diminutive mob boss is like, what? How is this happening? And suddenly Jesus says incredibly, Zacchaeus, when he says his name, he falls up out the tree, right? How do you know my name? How do you know? He's looking around, is there another Zacchaeus in this tree? How did he know me? Hurry and come down. I love that, hurry and come down. Um, I don't know how you do that from a tree. (laughs) Gravity helps, but uh, anyway. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today I must stay at your house. There's a sense of urgency. It's one of the only times in the gospels I can find where Jesus invites himself over for dinner. I must stay at your house. Well, Zacchaeus can't, I mean, he can't believe it. And, 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 and uh, this is an unusual invitation. Now, before I show you verse six, here he's given an invitation. Some of you Uh, Last week we gave an invitation. Some of you stood to receive Christ. By my count, we had maybe half a dozen or so pray to receive Christ last Sunday in our services. Maybe over a dozen pray uh, for rededication. What a great service. The point is they heard the gospel call and they responded. What about you? You hear God talking to you? You need to be saved or you need to rededicate your life to Christ? Let nothing keep you. What, oh, what if Zacchaeus had missed it? What, What if Zacchaeus had said, seriously, what if Zacchaeus... Think about what he could have said. What if he had responded with pride? Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I must come to your house. You, a homeless rabbi, want to come to my house, a chief tax collector? You don't get to invite yourself to my house. You have nothing I need. I'm wealthy. I'm rich. No, thank you. Oh, his pride could have kept him. Or what 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 if he had pride the opposite way, where it's like, Oh, no, 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 not my home. I, I'll meet you in the temple courts, but I'm such a wicked sinner. You can't reach me. You can't forgive me. I'm too far gone. That would have been terrible too. That's also a form of pride. Or what if he had said, yes, but later? What if he had said, what if you feel Jesus calling you, but you're like, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. What if he had said, today? Today. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I... I would love nothing more than to have you over. I would love nothing more than just to meet you. The fact that I'm gonna get a meal with you in my home, I, like, yes, I would love nothing more, but, but, but 
but, but just not today. Jesus, my, uh, the house we're going to was financed with illegal money. Um, there's, there's a literal shakedown happening right now. There's a guy busting kneecaps in, in my house right now. It's covered in sin. I won't tell you what's in the DVD player. I won't tell you what's hidden in the drawers. Like, I, 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 Jesus, please, if you, if you will give me two weeks to clean my life up, then Jesus, you can come in. There wouldn't be two weeks. In two weeks, Jesus would be hanging on a cross. There is no two weeks. Will you take him home? What if he had said, yes, but please just let me clean up. You, it will never happen. You can't clean up your life enough. Listen, just invite Jesus in and watch what he does to clean up your heart, what he does to clean up your home, to clean up your life, to clean up your family, make your relationships with your parents better, make you, make you have more love for your friends and your classmates at school. Watch what he does in your heart. Just invite him in. Well, Zacchaeus makes the right decision. Look, so he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. Whee! <laughs> Falls down <laughs> and welcomed him joyfully. Now, we have no record of what was said at dinner. We don't know. But we know what was said outside of dinner. So while Jesus and Zacchaeus are having this dinner, something's happening because we're going to learn later. Zacchaeus' life changed. But outside, we know what the crowd is saying, don't we? Outside, oh, they are... We got here early. Do you know what it's like to find shoes for these kids at 5 a.m.? We got them all here. We deserve to meet Jesus, and we didn't even get a hello. All we wanted was a high five for Jesus. And of all people, Mr. Zacchaeus, Mr. Chief Tax Collector, that's who Jesus goes after. Ugh, look at what they say in verse 7. They, all who saw it began to complain, he's gone to lodge with a sinful man. Why were they so resentful? Why were they so mad? Because we've been following the rules. We've been doing it right. We've been trying to live for God. We're the ones who actually care about Messiah Jesus. And it's not, it ain't right. And now we don't even get a hello. He, and now he knows this guy's name and he's going to have a meal with him. It ain't right. It ain't, I'm sorry. It's not right that Jesus is going to have a meal with him. Why? Because his house was financed with illegal money. Yeah, that's true. Because he doesn't deserve grace. That's right. What else? What well, ain't right? I'm sorry. He doesn't deserve it. There it is. And? He doesn't deserve it. And? Say it. He doesn't deserve it. Say it. And we do. There it is. Who deserves God's grace? It's undeservable, it can't be deserved. And the craziest thing in the world is, this is the day Zacchaeus gets saved. But the craziest thing in the world to think about is what Jesus did for that self-righteous crowd. He broke their self-righteousness. And in a way, he was able to help all these people in the crowd too. Because look what he says. Well, somehow Zacchaeus gets his life forever changed with Jesus and he comes out of the house. Look at verse eight. I mean, he's like, oh, oh, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I... I'll give half my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I've extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. He's so happy that God's love has filled his heart. He's like, if you want to go back and look, there's a law in Leviticus and Exodus that says, if you can't figure out what you owe somebody, just go four times as much and you'll be good. So he goes straight to the four times. I won't quibble over terms. You don't have to bring me receipts and spreadsheets. Four times as much. And what about your possessions? Half to the poor. He's just making stuff up. I it's like a little kid. I, I like the part where he says, look, Lord. That's what kids do. Look, look, daddy, you gave me crayons. Me make painting, right? That's what Zacchaeus is doing. You gave me grace. Me make love for others, right? Look, Lord, 
you filled me with your grace. And now I, I just want that love to flow over others. That's what happens when Jesus comes into your life. Your love overflows for other people. And Jesus is just pleased as can be. He says, look, see, today, verse 9, today salvation has come to this house because salvation has a name. It's Jesus. He too is a son of Abraham. Don't be so quick to say who's in, who's out. Because Jesus tells us his mission. It's the same mission he's got today. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the same mission he's still on. Now the the band's gonna come or, or some musician will come and help us in a time of response. Let me ask you, which of these do you need to apply to your life today? Do you need to climb a tree? Do you need to get over the crowd? Do you need to invite Jesus home, take Jesus home? It could be you need to climb a tree. And by that, I, again, I know we got some literal thinkers in here. What I mean by climb a tree is you need to humble yourself. You know, it's your pride that's been getting in the way of your relationship with God. You, you don't want to be a charity case of God. You don't like coming on his terms, but that's the only terms there are. I know some people that would rather rule in hell than serve in heaven because there they can keep their pride, though it cost them everything. Don't be, don't, don't do that. Humble yourself. Climb a tree. Forget what other people think. Get right with the Lord. Maybe you need to get over the crowd. Maybe there's some interpersonal issues. You need to get to a vantage point where you can see Jesus face to face. Go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. See him for who he is. Not for what other people have done to him or in his name or to you. Get over the crowd. It's Jesus that's your savior, not some crowd. Maybe you need to take Jesus home. Instead of keeping this stuff at arm's length, invite him into your home. Make it personal. Whether you need to be saved or rededicate your life to Christ or just continue that walk with him. Take him into your home. Which is it? Could be any number of things. You do as you feel the Lord leading you right now as he led Zacchaeus. The Son of Man is still out to seek and to save that which was lost. He's seeking some of you. Let's pray. God, thank you for these children. Thank you that they are our role model in trusting and grace and faith and dependence. Help us to never grow so old that we lose childlike faith in you. Or better yet, now that we have been born again, help us to remain eternally childlike in our faith and dependence on you. If anyone has not yet been born again, let today be that day. For those who need to come back, for those who need to get over the crowd or take Jesus home. God, whatever it is, I pray for obedient hearts in here, sensitive hearts. And God, I thank you for every parent, every grandparent, every guardian, every foster parent that's trying to move the kingdom of God forward day by day, just a little bit in a child's life. They're trying to let your kingdom come and your will be done in the heart and life of a little child just a little bit more today than it was yesterday. Oh God, would you bless every effort. Bless every in that direction. Oh God, bless pour out your favor, heal marriages. Let today be a day of strengthening and rejuvenation for families. God, let those who are single leverage every resource for your glory. Let those who are, uh, feel lost and lonely, let them know their church is the primary family. Single or single again or divorced or married or wherever. Oh God, let them feel the warmth of family because they're part of the family of God. Grant that to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.